Well, as the kids are making their way out, we're going to prepare here uh, in a moment to hear from another missions guest here with us today. This is our second week of Missions Month, and um, this morning during the Sunday school hour, we had uh, Billy and Jana Driesman. I don't know if they're currently in the room right now, if they're in the overflow, but uh, they were here to present on foster care, and uh, just an excellent class this morning. We appreciated that. And this morning here during the service, we're going to hear uh, from a missionary in India. His name is uh, Jeevan, and uh, we look forward to hearing from him. He's also here with his wife, Esther, and they're with Grace Ministries. And uh, I'm going to invite Jeevan now to come forward. Also with him is Gus Brinkman. And um, they're going to kind of do a little bit of an interview, if you will, um, but letting uh, Jeevan share most of the information, and Gus will kind of guide us with some questions, as you've known Jeevan for years, and so um, you'll get to guide us on that as well. But um, before we begin, yep, you just flip that switch, there you go, and uh, we're going to pray over uh, Jeevan and Gus as they get ready to share, and then uh, we'll let the Lord guide us and lead us here this morning. So would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time together, and as we lean in together, I pray a blessing now over this time spent here in testimony and hearing about Grace Ministries and what you are doing through Jeevan and Esther, and we thank you for them being here with us in our midst and to be able to hear, Lord, the many ways in which you've been at work in their ministry. We ask a blessing now upon him as he shares, upon Gus as he leads here with the questions, and um, Father, we also pray a blessing upon our children's ministry that they would uh, be blessed this morning, and, and Lord, that they would uh, grow in their walk with Jesus. And we, so we thank you for those volunteering in our children's ministry. Bless them as they lead. And we just thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Folks, would you welcome Jeevan. Thank you. Uh, Jeevan arrived uh, a few... Uh, uh, days ago, and uh, and we found out that we had something in common, that we were really good husbands. And, and the reason why we're really good husbands is that we just got, each got hearing aids in the last month. And, and so our wives are very pleased that they don't have to yell at us and, you know. Um, go ahead, go ahead. We were, uh, when Nancy and I, before we got married, it was 78 or 79, uh, we were involved in the same church in Ames, and a friend of ours went to uh, India to, as a short-term mission, and he came back and said there was this guy named Jeevan uh, Nair that needed support, and so both of us decided to support him, so when we got married, we realized we were supporting the same people. Uh, so it's really been uh, a blessing to be involved with him for the last 45 years. And one of the special things is our families kind of grew up together. So uh, Jana and his daughter Priya were uh, pen pals for a while. That's back when you didn't email or text. You wrote letters, so they actually wrote letters to each other. And then in uh, early 2000s, when, uh, when all our, our older kids were in high school, they, they all, we all got together and they brought their, uh, their two kids to the United States, and so we got to spend that time. And uh, so it's been special, and I'll, I'll say that these guys, their commitment to ministry has really been an example to Nancy and I of just perseverance and sticking with it. Uh, they've been in the United States for, uh, 
I, I think it's a couple months. And, yeah. and initially they went to uh, British Columbia. Uh, Jeevan went to Regis College there and received his training. And then there's where the sending church is. So he, he made contact there. And then they have uh, a daughter in um, Toronto, Canada. And uh, so their grandparents like us too. They have, I gotta remember the names here. Wesley is six and Caleb is four. So they visited them and then they went to a son in Chicago. And Silas is three and Nahara, Natera. Natera is one. Uh, so that's been special for them. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so we're just going to ask him to give his testimony, and, and especially I asked him to give the background of what it is like to grow up as a Hindi, a Hindu, and then his conversion. And one thing, we're going to be loose here because he's concerned that you would understand him. So if you don't understand him, you just raise your hand or something, and, uh, and he'll slow down so you can, can hear. So we'll let him go. Not unto us, O Lord, but your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. That was been our theme, life words for Grace Ministries. I want to thank our Heavenly Father, the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit for allowing us to stand before you this morning and worship the triune God with you. Thank you, Pastor Rose, for giving us a time. Um, I was born in a Hindu home. My parents were from two high-caste Hindu families. My father owned, my father's family owned our own temple. And it is a, we thought it was a 600 years old temple. Then the archaeological survey went and dug some things and found out it is about 1800 years old temple. And I grew up in that temple. I go to the temple every day in the morning with my mom, standing in front of these gold and precious stones covered six foot tall idol, because my mom told me that it will speak to me. And I will stand in front of it, holding my hands and asking that God to speak to me. He didn't. And Sunday, I mean, every day we did the same thing. And then I was about four or five years old, a militant Hindu nationalist group started a game kind of thing next to our compound. It was led by one of the teachers of my school. Teachers in India are respected. When you walk into a class, everyone stands up. So you give top respect to your teachers. Can I have that third um, slide, please? That's the group you see. And the Time magazine said 90% of the Indian military is this group. They hate Christians. They hate Muslims. They teach you unadulterated hatred for this group. We meet on a Sunday, right? If you have a Wednesday prayer meeting, Bible study, that's a big deal. These guys meet every day, one hour. It's a military-style Nazi 
youth movement like thing one hour we have a whistle and the teacher is called the shikshak he is like a sergeant and the boys maybe 10 boys will be there some adults all fall into attention fall at his left turn right and it's a military style thing hitler had hail hitler right we had this you can see that that is only one part of it india has 80% of the indian population that is 1.5 billion are hindus and according to the government statistics over 70% of that 1 billion people goes to this or sympathizers of that now how did it start with uh, five people in 1925 and the founder of that thing said don't look for people in their 20s don't look for 60 year olds look for four five year old boys get them to be children only boys no girls sorry and we will bring we will teach them the love for the motherland hitler talked about fatherland here was motherland and they said christian missionaries came and destroyed our culture changed our lifestyles they were part of the invaders muslims came they were part of the invaders we are pure hindus a true indian can only be a hindu christians and muslims had to get out of the country or become hindus there is a program proposed by and practiced by the government called come back home ghar wapasi they are asking christians and muslims to come back home then we will give you jobs your daughters will be married all kinds of help you will get that was the group i was born in every day they meet and if you don't go there one day next day it the sergeant and one of the boys will be in your home asking hey we missed you you are so important motherland needs you your contribution is important how many of us would pick up the phone and call in those days there were no phones will call somebody in the church who missed a sunday this is a commitment of people who pump evil into their hearts i grew up in that so going to the temple part of this group did not make me happy there was a great vacuum in me i wanted god to possess me there is a festival in my temple once a year where young people boys and people up to 70 years old they can go to that temple and take a ritual and once on that particular day everyone who participates in it will be possessed by those gods and goddesses it's evil spirit they go into a trance you cannot fake the trance because at the end of the day you will have to walk through fire i showed a guess part of it and we cannot fake it i did that i wanted gods to possess me but i never went into a trance so my father said even gods do not want you they rejected you why you did something wrong so he will kick me he will beat me up in front of 
all those people. I felt terrible. I wanted God to talk to me. I was as honest and faithful in fulfilling my rituals before that deity. But I did not go into a trance. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ had his hand upon me even before the foundation of the of the earth was laid. He knew me. He called me my name. He called us my name. That's why we are here, all of you. Whether you are from a Hindu home or from a Christian home, all of us, all of us are called by our Savior, written in the palm of his hands. I was sad then. Now I realize that God kept his hand upon me served me from being, sharing my soul with the devil. He kept me. So I was, I had to go away from my hometown to another state. India's states are divided by language. Nobody spoke my language or English in that state. It was about 1,000 kilometers, about 700 miles, another place. I was looking for somebody who spoke my language. There was this medical student who was completing his medical studies. He was from my state, spoke my language, spoke English. So we began to hang together. And he was an abominably evil guy. He drank like a fish, abused people who came to the hospital. He wouldn't touch a patient without a bribe. If he can give an Oscar award for being evil, he would have walked away with that. Anyway, he was my friend because he spoke my language. He was on drugs too, very much on drugs. One day he came to me and said, hey, Jeevan, I'm not taking drugs anymore. I said, what happened? He said, I met Jesus. I said, oh boy, LSD, definitely LSD. I mean, LSD, when you take LSD, you not only see Jesus, you see half a dozen other gods and goddess. So I said, cool it, Charlie. Two, three days, you'll be okay. He said, no, no, no. I met Jesus. He became real. And he would come and tell me about what Jesus did on that day in his life. Not 2,000 years ago to Paul, Peter, Paul, and Mary. No. What Jesus means to him that day. And I could not escape it. Because in the, in the Hindu group I grew up, they told me, Jesus cannot be God. He's not God. Because Caesar killed him. If Caesar killed him, one plus one is two, right? If Jesus killed him, Caesar is God, not Jesus. Secondly, they said, Jesus cannot pay for your sins. Hinduism teaches the law of karma. What you say, you reap. And third thing they told me was, this cannot be, Christianity cannot be a true religion. 2,000 years, upstart, yesterdays. It cannot be a true religion, whereas our Hinduism is thousands of years. That is known as Sanatana Dharma, eternal religion. So, it cannot be true. I told this thing to him. He said, I don't know, but you knew me. I, you knew how I was. Now I know. You know how I am. Jesus is real to me. He speaks to me. He says, 
here i was as a high caste hindu standing in the temple going to every temple i can go to every god man i can go to seeking the god hoping the god would speak to me it didn't happen locust guy medical doctor intelligent yeah given he is claiming that jesus spoke to him i couldn't believe it i was standing on a road street once there was a lean guy giving out tracts the tract said what will happen to you if you die today i was very much scared of death so i called him and said you are a ca agent because our Okay. <laughs> he asked me to slow down. He said, he said, um, <laughs> lean guy. No, no, it's okay. um, could you hear me properly at the back? All right. I will go slow. I have a tendency to, not only here in India also when I speak, I get, get excited, I take off. so so he said i i've used it because rss told me that uh, caa and uh, british guys send their missionaries pumping giving money to them to change our religion our country take over our country so i called him and abused him he said 10 days ago if you had done this to me i would have changed your face even your mother won't recognize you he said i was a communist leader my name is written on the walls of the university there he was a student leader communist and it was true santamurti was standing for student federation of india election in the college he was doing his chemistry studies from the poorest to the poor form low caste of the locals he lived in a slum if you had seen slum dog millionaire you will have an idea where he came from seven children father is a drunkard mother bakta's a maid this guy had a smile from his one year to the other because of what jesus did to him he said i was a communist i wanted to follow marx's ideology then jesus changed my heart here i was trying to convert my people get save my people from clutches of christianity claim face with two guys who claim to be met jesus god stopped to them high caste me no god talked to me one day i was in my friend's room medical doctor's room he said i have never done this to you i am going to talk to my jesus do whatever you want you have gone to the temples gurus drugs nothing has helped you if jesus is true give him a chance if he's not true forget about it so he went plunked knelt down i don't know what he prayed i said in my heart i do not know who you are i do not believe you are god but jesus if you god change me now not tomorrow not when i am 25 years old right now change me i will give my heart to you as i wanted to give to this militant fascist 
Hindu nationalist organization. To become a full-time worker of this organization is more rigorous than a Jesuit priest. So I want to do that. I said, you change me. I came out of that room. I felt I was in a trance. I thought I was floating in the air. Jesus had become surreal. He whom I hated all those years became real to me. I did not accept Jesus. He grabbed me. Kierkegaard, C.S. Lewis line says, you know, like a hound of heaven, he chased me. He kept me safe in my Hindu environment, brought me to this place where I could meet these two guys who witnessed me almost every day, like a tag team. And Jesus embraced me. So Jesus changed me on that day. My fear is gone. My, I used to fall prostrate before the idea of a temple outside the hospital. I couldn't even look at that temple, that idol, till from 1971 till today. Jesus has become everything to me. In my heart of hearts, the realization, the spirit of God, Holy Spirit lifted my fear of death, anxiety, everything, and Jesus became real. If anybody tells you that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, all your sins, all your problems are gone, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I knew what hunger was. I knew what to be afraid of life in a way because my parents came to take me back to, because my uncle who was running the business wrote to them and said, I'm not reading the Bible. I'm not, uh, I'm not reading the Bible. I'm not reading the Hindu scriptures. I'm not going to the temple. So they came to take me back. And I am reading the Bible. And I ran away from that town to another town where I met a missionary. I, was, I went to a church. I didn't know the, where to go, so I asked uh, somebody else. And I went to a church, and a white man was speaking there. He was speaking very well. So after the, after the service, he came out and asked me my name. And he asked me what a Nair was doing in a church. I said, to worship the Lord Jesus Christ as you do. And he said, would you join me and others for a lunch? Because they all go out after service. Can you pay for your lunch? I said, yeah, I can pay for my lunch. So we all went out. His name is Bob Crow. He was from the West Virginia. Go ahead. Ask me anything. If I miss anything. I think you should just keep going. <laughs> how, how much more I have? You're good. You're good. Yeah, just keep, keep going on your story. Okay. Bob Crow was his name. He claimed that he defeated Hitler. He was a corporal in the U.S. Army in France, because some of them were intelligent, they did not put him on the front line. They kept him uh, somewhere in the France as a radio operator. After the war, he returned, 
and Uncle Sam told him, whatever you want to study, we will study, because they gave some of the young people a test, and he yesed everything, I believe, and he, they said, wherever you want to go, we will pay for it. So he chose the University of Chicago, where he um, enrolled into undergraduate studies, and one of his, uh, he was an atheist, he didn't believe in God. And um, one of his professors said, you don't believe in the Bible or uh, Jesus Christ, this jumbo jumbo. Why don't you write a paper proving Christianity is for birds? You know, congenital idiots, you know, that kind of thing. So it is not for intelligent people. That will be your great. Uncle Bob said, fine. He spent most of his time anyway in the bars beating people up and getting beaten up. So even in spite of all that, he yes all the exams. So he was writing this paper. He asked his professor, where should I start? Professor said, well, start with John. Then there is a book called Acts. Don't read that. Go to Acts. I mean, go to Romans. So Uncle Bob started with John. We call him Uncle Bob because anybody in India older than you is there. Anyway, Bob Crow started with John, kind of shaken up after John. He was reading the book of Romans to prove, to write a paper to prove Christianity is wrong. Uncle Bob told me that in the middle of the night, Jesus Christ became so real to him, he had to kneel down and give his life to the Lord. 23-year-old guy, atheist, became a believer. Then, after the studies, Uncle Sam told him, you are intelligent. Anything you want to study, lawyer, medicine, anything you want to study, we will sponsor. We will pay for it. You don't have to pay one rupee. Uncle Bob said, I have learned anything, everything. And he went to Modi Bible Institute. So, Three-year course, after six months, he said, I have learned. It's a waste of time. And he ran away to West Virginia, started three churches. Then God called him to come to be a missionary. And he chose China, but China was closed, so he came, wanted to come to India. And the mission organization said, you have to go and uh, raise funds visiting churches. And he said, no, 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 I won't do that. Because if God called me to do that, it is God's headache to raise my funds. I won't do that, he said. So he didn't, he didn't go. Then the mission said, we can't send you. He said, okay, God asked me to go. Whenever God raises that money, I will go. Then some church in Georgia wrote to this mission and asked, do you have a single girl or a man who will go somewhere? We have some, enough money to send. So he came to India. And in six months' time, he was preaching in fluent Telugu. Telugu was a language of that stage about seven, 70 million people speak that language, one of the ancient languages, whereas his mission superintendent at that time, even after 30 years, did not say one sentence in Telugu. This man was preaching fluently in Telugu. He was very involved in intervarsity, uh, Youth for Christ meetings, and uh, one time he was known as a Billy Graham of India. He would be booked three, four years in advance. And God used him mightily. 
And he became my mentor. He was the white man who was preaching in Good News Center. And he became my mentor, a Paul Timothy. God threw me onto his hands. And he was a single missionary. Once yesterday and I got married, Uncle Bob began to live with us, stay with us. And I went to Regent College. And uh, Regent College is uh, where Dr. Packer, how many, some of you must have heard about J.F. Packer, knowing God. Yeah, knowing he teaches there. So I, I went to that school there. And when I, was, when I returned from that school, from that seminary, Uncle Bob asked, asked me, you and I, you have a good education. Think about the Indian pastors. What do you want to do? I said, I will, I was, we were associate staff of InterVarsity at that time. And uh, he said, why don't we, you and I, sit, take time off and write a study Bible, study notes for Indian village pastors. You have a, your education, Indian village pastors. Do not have any concordance, commentaries, nothing. If he has a Bible, that's a luxury. So, let us write notes for these poor, very much needed village pastors. Thousands of people are planting churches. Hundreds are digging wells. Hundreds are uh, running orphanages, which are all needed. Gilbob said, it is not, I'm not saying that it's not needed, but let us do something which is much more needed than these things. That is a study Bible for um, Indian village pastors. At that time, only Thompson chain reference Bible was available. Village pastors cannot lay their hands on it. And so we, I said, I asked Uncle Bob, Uncle Bob, how long will it take? Six years, seven years, he said. It took us 16 years. 16 years, we did not even make an announcement in our church. Uncle Bob said, we sit in the left back row, no preaching, no teaching concentrate on the study Bible. He, Uncle Bob, made that vision, that God-given vision to him. And two of us spent the rest of our lives. Are you a copy of it? Um, it everything was written in English. And um, after that, Bob Crow translated the Bible into Telugu, spoken Telugu. And when another missionary took this manuscript and showed some famous Hindu Indian writers, something like your uh, John Grisham or famous movie, uh, I mean, a movie director he was. He said, this language is a language of high caste Brahmin. No Christian can write like fluent Telugu like this. But it was a white man from the boondocks of West Virginia, whom God possessed, sent to India. And Uncle Bob always said, a man who is sold out to the Holy Spirit will always be used by the Lord. That was the thing. And one of his, another thing he constantly told me was, let us never steal the glory of God. If God uses us, it is in spite of us, not because of us. So. At the end of the study notes, we wrote the last verse on Revelation. 
three of us, three families at that time, Uncle Bob laid it on the floor, knelt down on the floor, lifted his hands and said, not meant to us, O Lord, not meant to us, but in your name be glory. And he said, if we put our names on the study Bible, we have stolen the glory of God. Then secondly, he said, never try to make money out of this. It should be an open source. Whatever it costs us to print it, let us make it available to the pastors. If they cannot afford it, we'll give them free. So we, Uncle Bob, started that ball rolling and God has taken it and running. We had a narrow vision. Uncle Bob and I only thought of the Indian village pastor. But God had a wider vision. These apps are being downloaded in Africa. Nigeria, we had 21,000 downloads in one week. We made apps of the study Bible in English and we added some more notes to it. And it is being used by God much far beyond our imagination. That's what God said. He will, anything else? Uh, yeah, just go ahead and uh, tell a little more about the, the study Bible and its uh, availability and how that uh, worked out. And uh, uh, that, that's probably the main um, uh, ministry that they have. It took them 16 years to write this, and then the focus was on people in India, but I don't know if you understood that. Now it is being downloaded in Nigeria and uh, uh, places all over the world because it is a free download and most people would charge for that. So that's the service that they're providing for people are the, are the, the notes for especially remote pastors so that they can have, don't have commentaries and so on. So they're able to, uh, to access that. I would like to read a couple of uh, comments. This is from one of the teachers at Regent College who was a contemporary of Dr. Packer. She's retired now. He's, this is what she writes. By the way, I have really appreciated the study Bible that you gave us when you were here. I have found the notes it, it very helpful. They reveal a lot of study, thought, and open-mindedness. I have looked at other study Bibles and have been quite disappointed. Their perspective often seems to cater to their audience more than honest exploring the text in a way that seeks to understand the truth of what is actually there being said. I appreciate the op options of interpretation are included. Thank you. Keep the good work. This was one of my teachers who was contemporary of Jay Packer. And one of my classmates, who is an ordained minister, is retired now, in Seattle said, I told him a lie. I asked him why. He said, you told me that this study Bible is for Indian pastors. All these years I had it, he, this is what he said. For 30 years, I had this study Bible on my shelf. I didn't touch it because 30 years ago I printed, I gave him a copy. And he said, I did not read it. He said, Jeevan always said this study Bible is for India or maybe for Asia. I understand, I underestimated it and did not bother to read. Sitting on my shelf for almost 30 years, this is very much for North America, very much needed. 
it is he said it is christ centered which that's what we wanted we wanted god to be honored god to be lifted up jesus christ to be lifted up not bobcro not gm jesus christ to be lifted up then he said rigorous and devotional that's our satisfaction that's our reward uncle bob said don't seek reward in this world when you go to heaven when the good lord says good work that's our reward So you guys are all, uh, will be able to access this and Russell send out some material that'll help you do that. Um, the next thing is that they do have ministry with 23 village pastors and HIV. Can a couple of the slides, please? Next one, please. We have the next slide. Yeah. That's my temple I was going um, uh, every day. Part of it. It's a huge temple. About next please go on. that's what the present translations are going on now seven languages are go south indian languages are all over all the south indian languages translation is over it is hard copy printed available to pastors and one pentecostal charismatic pastor in india very famous guy he said i really like this study bible because it is not anti charismatic or pro charismatic they are biblical okay that's third next one please that's the study bible we made these apps about 5 years ago and again god did a miracle in connecting us with the right person at that time a former bicliff translator technical missionary who was a son of a missionary in india happened to meet and he came along with us trained our technical person in king and making these apps this um, then if he finds if he hits a roadblock there is a group that sitting all around the globe some one guy is sitting in uh, Tanzania another guy is in Nigeria another guy is in Timbuktu another guy is in South Africa Amsterdam Australia there is a whole group of this former Wycliffe translators who have become technical people who are now formed into another organization called Scriptures International Limited SIL so if you have a problem about apps anything technical within 24 hours 48 hours it's solved again free god has made that possible it'll take another time to that is uh, we giving esther giving free our study bibles to pastors in india 200 of them were there that this is yeah global outreach um somebody in region said ours is a first app free study bible in the history of the church other apps will ask you to one month free and then you have to pay right you don't even have to register you don't even have to put in your name or your ancestor's name or anything it's a free download gospel is free the lord jesus christ shed his blood for us free everything will be free for that is what the present um, thing is going on comments from south africa
we are we support 23 pastors um next one please we help hiv patients about 20 of them every month government gives some medicines but we provide nutrition uh, for them but this is not our uh, main thing bread and butter our vision is preparing study bible some of our pastors we give them ten making type of ministries one one day buffalo other guy one day bone shaker that auto rickshaw bone thank you could you uh, uh explain what the present condition in india is uh the persecution that goes on yeah. if you, just in the last couple minutes bbc okay. had a report about it mild one they kind of toned it down because whenever they reported against the present government i should tell you the present government is a government this a fascist group i grew up in they hate christians and muslims and they have they have unleashed a reign of terror in among the churches there is persecution everywhere and one of my board members wife is from a tribe in the northeast baptist missionaries from canada and the us went about 100 years ago brave through the jungles of that place government of india would not even go near them and converted a bunch of head hunters they were head hunters if he had gone there boom he would have had your head and made them educated them and made them to be a civilized group of people 95% of these tribes in these seven states are believers not just christians but card carrying bible thumping bible believing christians and the government of india hates it they want to do everything in their power to destroy them so they about 6 uh, months ago in one state they unleashed uh, a reign of terror security guys have been shooting people christians christians those have been burned to over 200 churches have been burned my board our board members gm board members wife sister is a high court lawyer she had run away with her bare clothes she was bearing her husband is a supreme court lawyer they all ran away from their home home is nowhere now it is burned to ashes no news come out because government has put in a very strong lid on the whole internet there are no there is no internet it is banned only government allowed news will come out it's like living in russia in the worst of times not in the best of times and not only that is only in one state they will go for other states one by one even christian schools have to have a hindu gods on their walls otherwise they will come and beat you uh, it's interesting talking to jeevan about all this and and his conclusion was i just need to pray you know because because a lot of that's out of out of his control or anybody's control but the persecution is there and it is interesting that they've trained people from very young to be anti-christian and anti-muslim and that's what controls the country now a man from england came about 300 years ago william carey he came to india 
and he started a school in West Bengal and he translated the Bible for the first time into several Indian languages, about 14 or 15. And some he learned, others he helped others to translate. That is the base translation even today for the Bible side. What William Carey did. The God, the vision William Carey had 300 years ago. William Carey always said, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. And that has become our motto too, Uncle Bob. And I always thought that that is our thing. What William Berry did is about 300 years. Now, still going strong. What we did, how many years, we don't know. 300 years, if the Lord doesn't come, maybe 400 years. The study notes can go on. And the study Bible, for the first time, a white man translated study Bible in Telugu. It's the best Telugu study Bible. Not my saying it, it is some well-known author's, teacher's words. Thank you, Jeevan. Thank you. That's Thank you, Gus. Um, just a couple things of application for us as uh, we just heard this testimony, we heard Jeevan share. Uh, the first one is uh, we hear how Jeevan said that his life was empty, even though he had this family that owned this temple, and he would go to the idol and, and try to hear from these gods, and it wasn't happening, and wanting uh, God to somehow encounter his life. And so then this God that he's been resisting, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, eventually he says, you know what, I'm going to give this Jesus guy a try. And God showed up in big ways. And it's possible there's someone that is listening to this testimony today that as you're thinking through your life and you're going, you know what, I've tried a lot of things. I've put my uh, efforts into a lot of things that have uh, left me feeling empty. Well, if you can hear one thing today out of Jeevan's testimony is to know that it's only the Lord Jesus Christ that can fill that hole in your heart. And so put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's real, and that's what Jeevan was trying to share with us. The other thing, point of application for all of us, is at the very end he said we should expect big things from God. Right? And so whatever it is that you might have walked in here with today, just know that have big expectations with the God that is alive and in this world today. Amen? Amen. I want to pray here uh, just for a blessing over Grace Ministries and also leading us in a prayer of application to this testimony today. Um, I do want to let you know that if you would like to support uh, both Jeevan and, and Esther and their ministry, uh, today we're going to do a, a free will offering for them. And um, so the missions committee is stepping in to be a blessing to them, but you can as well. And so, ushers, if you would be able to have the, the offering plates available at the doors uh, on people's way out, if you write a check, you just simply make it out to Faith Community Church and then just put Grace Ministries or, or India in the memo, and we will get it to them as they continue on in their ministry and their work. You're headed back to India, you said, next Monday, so you got about a week 
here in the States, and uh, then they'll be headed back. And uh, you can also make a connection with uh, Jeevan and Esther while they're here today if you want to uh, support them personally and, and get involved in their ministry. You can also connect with Gus and Nancy on how to do that uh, as well. So let's take a moment right now to pray uh, with each other. Yes, yeah, you go ahead. I forgot to thank Gus and Nancy who have stood with us for over 40 years. Forty years. My mind is like a sieve sometimes, so I forgot that. <laughs> it's all good. He was trying to say Gus and Nancy have supported them for four decades, so he just wanted to make a point of that, and, and that is why they're here today is their connection to them. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning and, Lord, for using Jeevan as he shared his testimony, Lord, it is your story and your spirit at work in his life and Esther's life and others that you have placed in their path, Lord, to be able to, to do a work of ministry uh, that you have over the decades. And we thank you, Lord, that, that you are pursuing us, a relationship with us, and you've got an incredible purpose uh, for our lives. And I pray that anyone listening that is feeling that emptiness, that that Jeevan mentioned, and that, Lord, wanting to have a relationship with God, that as they hear his testimony today, if they desire a relationship with you, I pray that they would put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who can bring the forgiveness of their sin and bring them into a relationship with God Almighty. And so we just take this time right now for anybody that desires that, that you would pray with me to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just simply say in your heart, Lord Jesus, be real in my life. Lord, I pray that you would come into my heart, transform my life, and please forgive me of my sin. And I thank you for this gift of salvation and this relationship that I can have with a true and living God. And Father, I pray that as followers of Christ, that we would all have big expectations of our God that we serve, who's very much alive. He's not dead like these idols and these other gods. He is very much alive, and so we have big expectations. And so, Lord, I pray that you would minister to every heart as we respond here in worship. And Lord, we ask a blessing upon Grace Ministries. We pray that your work would continue with a great anointing and blessing. And may you receive all glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, would you stand with us as we worship together? <laughs> 